Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirman Dafyomi. My name is Yitzhak Yat Shalom. We're now in Masachat Shabbat, Daf Kuf Tet Zayin Amubet, with the uh, completion of the um, first Mishnah in this, the uh, the 16th parak. Matzlin Tika Sefer Imasefer. You could save the Tika Sefer, meaning the box in which the Sefer Torah is held, or the pouch along with it. Vatika Tfilin Yamatzlin, same thing with Tfilin. Even though there may be coins in there, you could still save them. Now, this is a question that we've been bothered about since the beginning of the parak. Where are you pulling these things to? Clearly, it's somewhere that you're otherwise not allowed to carry on Shabbat, and we're getting permission here to carry this because of the consideration as mentioned above. A mavui is the kind of street, we'll deal with this a lot in Eruvin, the kind of side street to that or that the Chatzerot, the courtyards opened up into, and Mavuishem Fulash means that it does not go all the way through to Rishut Rabbim on both sides, but is only open on one side. Fulash, even a Mavui that cuts all the way through. We'll see what those definitions are. Okay, Tanarabanan. This is what we call a backdoor sugya, where there is a discussion about something very different, and then our Mishnah is invoked, and that's why it's here. Shabbat. If the day of Pesach falls on Shabbat, So he says that you open up the Korban Pesach all the way from the bottom to the chest, so you can pull the Emurim out uh, and put it on the Mizbeach. You open and flay it totally, just like you do during the week, which means you're violating the Malacha of, of, of Mavshit. Now, we understand his position. You've already accomplished what the, the Mizbeach needs, which is getting the, the Emurim out. Why did the Rabbanan say you should flee further? Everything that's done for Hashem is done properly, which means uh, that you want it to be done aesthetically nice. What's the lemanehu here? So Yosef Marshalei Asriach that it shouldn't smell bad. Rava Marshalei Yukotche Shemayim Mutalin Kinevela that Kotche Shemayim should not be lying around like an Avela that you did part and you walked away. So my benai, where would there be a difference between these two approaches? If you put it on a golden table, then you clearly um, don't have concerns about it being degraded. If it's a day with a soft north wind, then you don't have a problem of smell. What does he do with the pasuk? That you do have to open up the skin as far as that to get the emurim out. And you don't, don't pull the emurim out earlier. Why not? Because of the hairs on the skin that when you would pull the emurim out without properly opening it up, the emurim would get messed up. So in other words, it's a practical consideration, not purely aesthetic. So, so far, there's a sugi of psachim, has nothing to do with us. But here's the reason it's here. Rav Chista quotes Rav Marukva saying, what was it that the, the rabbis answered Rav Shmuel when he said, you don't have to open up the whole thing? The answer is, they said, they quoted our Mishnah. said, if you could save the tik along with the sefer, should we not flay the entire skin? So in other words, our Mishnah was brought as part of Chachamim's argument against Rabbi Shmuel. 
But the problem is, it's not a valid argument. Midami, hatam, tiltul, hachamalacha. Our Mishnah is simply justifying tiltul, which is what we would call muktzah. The fact that you can move something that itself is not necessary to save the sefer. The issue of the Pesach involves a malacha, the oraita. So Rashi betarte pligi. The answer is that they disagreed about both pligi but a tiltul pligi malacha. That the Rabbanan and the, and Shmuel uh, disagreed about whether or not you could do tiltul, and also about whether you could do the malacha of mafshit. and they really kept the focus on tiltul. tell or agav basar. Should we not be able to then move the skin with the flesh? So again, in the case of the teak, all there is is in there is a Sefer Torah. But in the case of the skin, you've got a basis. The the flesh has now become a basis for Davar HaAsur, something that has no use. <clears throat> this was their argument. So pointed out in the Mishnah, if the teak has money in it, you could still use it. Which means it has a davar asur inside, or basar, and we should be, not be able to move uh, flesh. Uh, the the uh, sorry with the skin with the flesh. So again, In the case of the teak, it's a basis the davar asur, the money and a davar mutar, which is the sefer Torah. Here it's only davar asur. If we're allowed to bring a teak, which we haven't substantiated at all, not the teak of the Sefer Torah, but some other holder that has money in it, and and bring it to you to uh, use the Sefer Torah, which means we're carrying something that is the basis of our Hasur only. Should we not do the same for the Korban? But he grew from an alan. What's the what's your your premise is built upon something we don't you haven't yet established, which is that it's permissible to bring a teak with money in it uh, to save the sefer Torah. So if your argument is from the fact that if you have a teak with money, you don't have to throw the money out. So you can bring such a teak. In our case, there's a fire burning, so we don't make you stop and get the money out. But now, if you're going to bring a new teak from somewhere else, then have the money, drop it out on the way in. Go back to our original answer. Your challenge was that in the case of the Sefer Torah, it is tiltul, and here it is an issue of malacha. <coughs> It must be a case where you didn't want the skin. Right? In other words, so that the flaying the skin was not really a malacha. Rabbi Shimon agrees that in the case of Psikresha, it is a malacha, and there's no way to get the skin off without getting the skin off. The answer is to Shakalei Rabbi You took it off in strips, and since you took it off in strips, therefore it's not really considered hafshata at all. Okay, in the next uh, piece, we in the Mishnah, we have the Machloket about where do you save the Sefer Torah to. So in the Mishnah, we mention a Mavui Mufulash, Mavui She'enum Fulash. And again, a Mavui She'enum Fulash means that it doesn't, literally, it doesn't cut all the way through. It only opens through Shutra Abim on one side, but Fulash means it cuts all the way through. But here, it's hard to believe that Ben Batera would allow us to carry it out in the street like that. So we have to modify it a little bit. 
Um, now, the other piece to take into consideration is wherever the Rabbanon allowed you to carry this has to be somewhere where you're not allowed to carry other things, otherwise there's no special heter here. So, Amrav Chista, Shalosh Machitzot Shnei Lachayayin, if you have three walls, meaning it's a dead end, and there's the wall of the Mavui uh, on both sides, plus the end, and there's two Lachis, a Lachis, an upright pole, both positioned at either side of the opening, Zel Mavui Shenem Fulash, that's the one the Rabbanon allowed. Shalosh machitzot v'lechi echad. You have the same thing, but a lechi only on one side. Zel mavuyam fulash. That's the one that Ben Betera allows. Tavaya aliyot or Abeliezer. They both follow Abeliezer's stringent opinion at the beginning of Eruvin and Parakalif Mishnah Bet. Now in Hechshem Mavui, how do we make a a Mavui permissible? Bechamai omrim lechi v'korav. Bechamai omrim o lechi o korav. Bechamai says you need either an upright an upright pole and a beam on top. And Hillel says either one is okay. Well, as a you need two. So that's what Chista. Are you calling three mechitzot with a lechi? Fulash means that it cuts all the way through. The question I asked before, which is a quarter of button, you could save anything there. Why only a Sefer Torah with 85 letters and the proper ink, etc.? Rabbi gave a different take. Which means it is a thoroughfare, goes all the way through, and there's two lachis, one on each side, as we will see. That's the proper one. If there's a lachi only on one side, then that's the one that only Ben Batera allows. They're both following Rabbi Yudah's opinion. Rabbi Yudah added to the uh, the uh, this is an issue of pasibiraot and carrying across the street. Let's say you have the rishut abim and you own a house on opposite sides of the street. You can put a lechi on one, in front of one house and a lechi in front of the other house. or beam over each one. If seven or ten said you can carry between them. Rabbanon's answer was, of course, you can't be ma'ariv v'shutarabim in that way or in any other way, for that matter. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, that's the scenario, and we're building off of that in our Mishnah. So Amr le'abaye, so Abaye turns to Rabbanon and says, you haven't solved anything. The Rabbanon should allow you to carry anything you want into this area, because it's an area that, according to them, is perfectly legit for all carrying. We go back to our original model of the cul-de-sac, but if there's one lechi there, that's called mavui shenem fulash. Shalosh mechitzot below lechi. If you have three mechitzot without any lechi, zehu mavui ham mefulash. That is considered the one that is mefulash. If I feel Rabbi Eliezer to Amar by Inu lechayim, even Rabbi Eliezer says you need two lechis. Hanimili leochlin umashkin. That's for food. Avala Sefer Torah, for this special dispensation for Sefer Torah, even one lechi will be enough, and according to Rebbe even without any lechi, it will be satisfactory. Okay, the next Mishnah, Matzilin Mazon Shalosudot. Now we move away from Sefer Torah to saving food from the fire. You're allowed to save the food for three meals. And as you can anticipate, and we'll get to this at the beginning of the next podcast, we will discuss the source for three meals on Shabbat, but in the meantime, you can save three meals worth. If you have people in the house, you save human food, you can save animal food for your animals. Kate's side, how does this play out? They have a fire come and starts on Friday night, 
You could save all three meals worth. If it breaks out Shabbos morning, you could save two meals worth. In the afternoon, you could save one meal worth. In other words, you could save however many meals are left of Shabbat worth. He disagrees and says you can always save three full meals. Alright. Since it's mutar, you're carrying food, which is fine, and you're carrying it, we will presume, to a place where you're allowed to carry anyways. Not still fate. Let him save as much as he wants. Since a person is very concerned about his possessions, he if you will permit him to carry, then he may go and extinguish the fire. So says, The Mishnah, the, the Brighton that says that if you have a barrel of wine break up on your roof, you can take a clea up there and put it underneath it. But you can't bring a clea underneath to catch all the wine. For a clea to join onto it. So So there you have the same idea that this is something that is perfectly permissible to do. So why would there be a gzera here uh, to, uh, to, to forbid you from uh, putting a clea, let's say, right up, to, up against the roof to catch it? Because again, if you allow him everything, he may forget it Shabbat and bring a kli through Rishut Rabim. Okay, let's look at that bright. So we said that if you have this barrel break on top of the roof, you're allowed to bring another kli underneath it, but you can't put it um, to collect it or to put it under the roof to catch it as it uh, drains off. Let's say it happens that you have guests, then you can take those next steps. But you shouldn't collect it and then invite people. Rather, you should invite first, and then you can collect it. You're not allowed to play tricks with this, meaning you're not allowed to try to get around the... Um, you're, you're not allowed to uh, to get around the law by playing a trick. But Mishum Rabbi Yosef he says you may. So now Lema meaning you could uh, save the stuff and then turn and said, Oh, I have some guests coming and then somehow invite guests uh post uh, post facto uh um uh, retro- retroactively. Now Lema Plukta sounds like Chacharim and Rabbi Yosef Yehuda are sharing are following the disagreement much earlier of Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yehoshua. Titania, very famous piece in Beitzah. Remember that an animal is muktza if it has no access for shechita. All right, now, you're not allowed to shecht an animal and its young, a mother and its young on the same day. Titania, you have two animals fell into a pit. One is the mother and the other is the child. So they can't both be shechted that day. You take whichever one out you want first. I'm another shechto to shecht it. And the other one you feed where it is. So it doesn't die. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, he says differently. You pull the first one out to shechtim. And you don't shechtim. Then you change your mind. And you say, you know what? I want the other one. And then, then you could shecht either one. But that's a way of saving both of them by playing this trick. So now it sounds like that comports with Rabbi Yosef Yehuda. Mimai, who says, Maybe Rebeliezer only only disallowed Ha'arama because you could save the animal by feeding it in the pit. Here where the wine is pouring down and you're going to lose it, 
Maybe Rabbi Shua only said that you may not, that may, you may use harama because they're the animals in pain who want to pull it out of the pit. Here there is none, it's just wine. Lo, perhaps he wouldn't allow it. Okay. Let's say you say good bread, you can't then turn around and say, I want some of that bad bread that's got a lot of bran in it. But pat if the first bread you saved was the bad bread, you can go and save better bread. If Yom Kippur is on Friday, you could save from fire for Shabbat. Not the opposite. You certainly cannot save from Shabbat for Yom Tov, because you could make the food on Yom Tov. It goes without saying that you may not save food today for next Shabbat. On, uh, on a particular Shabbat, you may not save food for a further or later Shabbat. Tanur Rabbanan. Shachach pat betanur. If you recall from the very beginning of the Masechet, we talked about the Isur de Rabbanan, the Shvut of Rudiyata pat, pulling bread out of the oven. So let's say you put bread in the oven, and you forgot it there. Bikidesh alavayom, and then it became Shabbat. Just like with the fire, you can pull out three meals worth. You can tell other people, you guys could pull out also. When you're pulling it out, don't use the regular pan, but use a knife. The pasuk about malacha applies only to real malacha. And not a real malacha. So why can't you use the pan? We still try to do things as differently as possible to make that distinction. The person should always get up early on Friday to uh, make his expenditures and his needs for Shabbat. In the story of the man, we understand it means first thing in the morning on Friday they already began to prepare. On Shabbat, you have to break bread over two loaves. Of course, we're all familiar with this halacha. So Ravash says he saw his Rebbe take two and hold on to them, but only cut one open. Because it says, gather, or lock two. They gathered lechem mishneh. So that means they have to hold lechem mishneh, but not cut them. Rabbi would cut air all the bread that was there. It looks like gluttony or uh, over-ravenous. Over he only does it today and not other days. It doesn't look so bad. If the bread used for an Eruv came to Rav, that's the one they would make Hamotzian Amri. Since it was used for one mitzvah, we'll use it for another mitzvah as well. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up in the next podcast. Examine issues of Sudash Tashit, many very famous agadot about Shabbat, including one of the most famous children's stories with which we all grew up, Yosef Moker Shabta. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.